Welcome to Accelerating Your Dental Practice, a podcast with free expert advice to accelerate your practice's efficiency, growth, and profit. Here's your hosts, dental management consultants and friends, Malika and Michelle. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate Your Dental Practice. Today I'm here with Malika and our special guest, Anne-Marie De Palma. Anne-Marie and I have known each other, oh gosh, like 12 Way years. Way too long. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Anne-Marie, she's a graduate from the Forsyth School of Dental Hygienists at Northeastern University and UMass Boston. She's a fellow of the Association of Dental Implant Auxiliaries, a fellow of the American Academy of Dental Hygiene, a continuous member and fellow of the American uh, Dental Hygienists Association, as well as a lifetime member of the American Association of Dental Office Management. She is the 2017 Esther Wilkins Distinguished Alumni Foresight Award recipient. She's been published in dental magazines and dental hygiene publications and textbooks. She's a consultant for dental hygiene examiner for the CDCA, the National Dental Hygiene Competency Assessment. There's so I know. I love it. I love it. But what I'm really excited about is like today, one of the things that, you know, you've also been a technology trainer. And I'm really excited because today we're talking about technology and artificial intelligence. So with this hygiene background and all of these like prestigious awards and stuff, like how did you get into technology and AI? Well, thanks, Michelle. Uh, sometimes <laughs> hearing my bio is like, that's not me. I don't know. I don't know who that person is. Yeah, it's been an, a journey. Dental hygiene is actually a journey. We think we're going to get into clinical and stay clinical. Yeah, a lot of people do that. But there are others like me who start off in clinical and then take all these twists and turns and end up in technology. I ended up working for a large dental vendor where I was training teams on software. So as technology has grown in the dental practice, I was excited about that because I'm a constant lifelong learner and love to keep learning about new and different things. I ended up going to another company that was involved in artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is around us every day, even though we may not think it is. If you've got your smartphone, you've got and you ask Siri or Alexa or any of the technologies, you know, hey, what's the weather going to be like today? You know, around here in the Boston area, it's pouring rain right now. So what's the rest of the day going to be looking like? So that's artificial intelligence. And it's become a great asset to dentistry. It's not going to replace dental professionals, but it's going to be that adjunct to help our patients learn about their disease. It's all about the patient. Anything that we do in dentistry and dental hygiene is about the patient. It's about educating them. You know, they see an x-ray that looks black and white and this big, they don't get it. But if they look at an x-ray that's enhanced by artificial intelligence and you show them calculus or caries or where their bone levels are, it's going to say, hey, you know, yeah, I have disease. And it's going to help educate us even better for those patients. 
And there are all different types of AI in dentistry right now, beyond just the radiographic imaging. There's information about marketing and engaging patients and all that sort of different things coming in and, and charting. As hygienists, we spend an enormous amount of time charting, perio and in restorative. And there's AI out there right now that can help us do that and tell, help take the chaos out of what we do in that 45-minute to an hour appointment. Along the way, as I've been learning in this journey, I also do a lot of continuing education programs because education is so important to me. And I've got a whole list of, of programs that I do. And I actually, I did one last evening virtually. So it's been an exciting adventure in dental hygiene. I can imagine AI is everywhere. Like I've been trying to like dabble in it to help me with some things in my business lately because I just have to make myself more efficient. And I think that's what it's going to help, like not only enhance the experience for the patient, but help with the efficiency of the teams as well. Exactly. Like these uh, programs that are out there that do the charting, there are several of them out there right now. And it's going to help educate because we're verbally talking to technology and the patient believes technology more so than they believe us. How many times do people go, oh yeah, I saw this on Google Doc or whatever, you know, Yahoo or whatever, the internet. They believe that versus what we tell them. So in terms of that, it's also helping our patients and just time saving. We've got so many things that are on our plate, regardless of whether we're admins or clinical, that we just don't have time to get to everything that we should be doing in dentistry. Do you feel like AI on the clinical side is going to be challenging for diagnostic? Because, you know, I'm out of curiosity because I there's so many AI systems now where you can detect cavities and show patients. And, and I hear like a mix of feedback from my clients where some are like, oh, I love it. This is so great because the computer's now telling them and they know it's a real cavity where some of my clients are like, ah, I don't know if I'm, I'm good with this because then I'm more conservative and I don't like the way that the AI system is picking up these decay. Exactly. There's a lot of pros and cons throughout using AI, not just for the radiographic side. One of the parts of my program on AI that I do, it says, okay, this is where it is. This is where it came from. And what are the, some of the pros and cons of it? And I know those pros and cons from a clinical aspect. You know, it's, is the patient going to accept what I tell them? Is it going to be time-saving for me? Is it going to raise a red flag? There's still a lot we don't know about that yet. And it's just individual practice philosophy that's going to help drive where this goes. And the systems have to flow into our workflow. They can't be open up your software and then open up your AI, whatever program that may be, and then click here, click there, click another place here. It doesn't work. It has to be seamless in our practice workflow. Again, whether that be on the administrative side or on the clinical side, otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah, true. And so you have worked with offices that are, are doing it from a hygienist standpoint, how are they feeling about it? Like, do they feel, is it a big learning curve? Do they adapt to it pretty easy? Does it integrate with the softwares? That's the biggest drawback, that it's not 
integrating with the software. So it's adding more time. I don't have enough time to do everything I need to do anyway. So why should I take this other step? But in terms of getting the buy-in from the patient and case acceptance, case acceptance goes way up when they can actually see what we've been talking about for years. So, you know, it depends on what software that you're using, what AI you're using. The training in and of itself is relatively easy. If you can read a radiograph, you can do this. It's just adding something else to it. And it's just, you have to go with the workflow. That's the major concern. Are the software companies opening up more to like allowing this in? Because I know there's certain certain companies out there that is really hard to get integration with. And there's other ones that are like open and, and willing to integrate basically with anything. <laughs> so is like the chatter out there, like are they know this is coming? So they're a little bit more open to it or still? Some are, again, some are, some aren't. And I don't know much about the technology side of it, the the coding and all of that. But I do know that in order for any of these additional software programs to integrate with your practice management software, whatever that may be, it needs something called an API. And that API is the connection between your practice management software and the other types of software, whether that be AI or a patient engagement or any of those others. So they need the two to be working together. Now, some Practice management softwares are great and say, yeah, we'll make that connection through that API. Others say, no, we're not going to. So it just depends on where the practice management software philosophy as companies lie. Do you feel, I mean, I'm curious to see, and I don't know if you know the answer, like I have heard some buzz about it, that the whole AI with even dental billing, and I feel like that's going to be really awesome if that comes into play. Obviously, the softwares, like Michelle was asking, have to be compatible or integrate for this to work. But I think that would be really awesome for the fact that that's, and I'm sure Michelle sees this as the number one of the biggest issues in offices is keeping up with the billing when it comes to posting payments, submitting claims and doing all that stuff. Exactly. Yes. A lot of companies, a lot of practices just don't have time to keep up with that. So there's going to be some some integration on the administrative side. We know for years that the insurance companies have been using AI. Mm -hmm. They've had it way before we have in practice. So they're a little bit ahead of us in terms of that. But in terms of the administrative side, it's going to be coming. There's so many different companies out there right now. So exciting. That's crazy. Exactly. (laughs) It's an exciting time to be in dentistry. Yeah. You know, when I was as the software trainer in offices, I would go into offices and I could still do this and do an evaluation of their software. And that looked at everything from how they were using HIPAA and how their software was using HIPAA or how their reports were coming out. And a lot of times as a hygienist, I would look at their perio to profi percentages. And everyone thinks that, hey, you know, they're doing a great job diagnosing profis and versus perio. But when you look at the numbers and you look at the metrics, it's all about metrics in terms of helping practices that they weren't. They were only at one or two or even 10% of their codes that were going out as periodontal coding. and But yeah, we're doing a great job. And then you look at what they're doing for charting, they're only doing probing and bleeding. 
And that's not complete periocharting. Complete periocharting involves everything, the bleeding, the probing, the clinical attachment loss, the mucogingival junction, the mobility, all of those types of things. That's what constitutes a full periocharting. But I get it. I've been a hygienist. I know in that 45 minute to an hour appointment, you're not going to have, you don't have time to do it all. And adding technology, whatever form that may be, whether that be an AI or something else is going to help move that needle forward. I was just thinking, can you imagine if a robot could just do the cleanings and then the whole diet? No. <laughs> in my head, so in, like, the, <laughs> in the AI program, I talk about the different stages of artificial intelligence. And we're in that going from the first to the second stage, there are actually three stages. And we're in that crossroads between the first and the second where AI is in its infancy. Now it's helping a little bit more. And then that third stage is way off in the future where robots do take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) I think of like when we're talking about this, I'm thinking about like, I don't know if you guys are Marvel fans, but I think of Jarvis from like Iron Man. Like, oh boy, this is what we got coming. (laughs) The way I start my AI program is I have a slide of you know, hey, this is what we've seen in movies and TV that on AI that's good. And then we've got the AI that's bad. You know, that traditional Terminator type of, of person. Yeah. 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 So I know like people are like they're they're diving into this and like every time I turn around, I don't know about you guys. I have a new software practice management company reaching out to me being like, Hey, do you want to demo? Like, let's talk about what we can do for you and your clients and stuff. And I'm so impressed with what is incorporated into these softwares now. Yeah. Like I I'm shocked. I mean, I have some offices, you know, me like back in the day, I was a Dentrix trainer. So I always have a love for, for Dentrix, but now that I'm looking at some of these other ones and like the cloud-based ones or some of this coming out, I'm like, what? Like, I wish I had this when I was an office manager. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, that would be software. something I'd love to do as well. Look at the various softwares and say, okay, what are you doing? What are you coming up with? What, how is this going to help me in the dental practice? Again, whether that be on the administrative side or the clinical side. You know, yes, I'm a clinician at heart, but I know that the business side of the practice is so important and the two have to be working together. And if they're not, you've got issues. Yeah, I think I so think whatever they get. Yeah, I can't remember Sorry. what software it is, but I think there's a software that I can't remember which I'm trying to think. But when you put the benefits in, if you put it in correctly and someone tries to take an x-ray, let's just say an FMX, and this does not do for due to frequency it stops you. Ooh, it, that's uh, where the that, AI is going to come yeah, in too. Says, Are you sure you want to continue taking this x-ray? Insurance will not pay for this. Yep. And I was like, I don't know which demo I did. I have to remember and tell you guys, but I was like, oh my God, wait, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's what we do now. And I'm like, they're like, oh, exactly. But that's yep. like, Michelle said that I'm like, yeah, these new softwares, they have literally figured out all the bells and whistles that are needed because it, it's, it's so busy in a practice and you, we just click, 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 click and go that we really need those like, you know, systems in there in the software that helps you get more streamlined. And, and really they're thinking about all that, which is great. Yeah. It's amazing. 
You know, yeah. there's going to be so many new doors that open up. I have a slide in the program that says within five to 10 years, AI is going to be an important and critical component of dentistry. I think it's going to be even sooner the way, how fast it's going. So I would love to hear more about that, Anne-Marie, because I agree with you. I think like five years, like this stuff is coming like rapid fire right now. Within the last week or so, I have heard of just three or four new companies that have just started up and, and they're coming into dentistry. Yes, they've been doing the research on AI for a number of years, bringing it into dentistry, but they're out there and promoting themselves. I, I, I know two companies at least that are going to be starting in January in doing soft launches now. And then in January, they're going to be doing full launches. So it, it's taking off at rapid space. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? You think about like when we watch like Back to the Future and they're like flying cars and stuff like, I'm like, I'm never going to live to see the day that this stuff like <laughs> happens. But now like every single day and it's like, it just pops up. It just pops up and it's like, wow, this is something else. Like I'm constantly reading things. I'm constantly trying to figure out like, how can we incorporate some of this stuff? into our practices because let's be honest like everyone's still struggling with like being fully staffed so like how can some of this stuff help to kind of take over where you know where we are a little bit short in the office exactly there's so many different products out there that help with that being short staffed you know i get calls or requests every every week you know yeah you're a hygienist can you come and work for me thanks but no thanks you know <laughs> when they're done that for a number you could of make years a lot of money you could make I a little pay well to pay anything right now i know but the body says no <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but i know it's not just in hygiene assisting the business team you know even associates i've had people looking for associates to come into their practices. So it's across the board. Now, there are a number of different factors, as we know, that's causing that. But, you know, using technology, whether that just be your practice management software and understanding that, you know, when I was training in the software, the offices would be using this much of this of their software, you know, so just basically understanding your software and the why it does what it does to all the way all all the way up through imaging and x-rays and cbct and you know all the new technologies the scanners that we have in our practices using technology and understanding why we're using this technology and the why of how it works going all the way from like i said the practice management software all the way up to ai how is it yeah. going to help you be more efficient and help your patients. So those are the two big questions that you need to ask any company, whether that be a practice management software or an AI company. Now, with the AI company, there's a whole bunch of other questions that we have to ask. But just in terms of just any technology, how is it going to make me more efficient? And how is it going to help my practice? And why? Why should I use this? Yeah. And going back to short staffed and using this technology, like I'm actually working with an office right now, struggling to find a a front office person. So we're like thinking outside the box. And what we've kind of decided is we're going to look for a remote treatment coordinator. 
somebody that literally will just be like hanging out, ready to pop on Zoom while the patient's sitting in that consult room and going over treatment with them because it is so hard to find somebody now. And there's so many good people out there. And, you know, everybody wants or says they want to work remotely. But I think this could be very beneficial, like, and then hire somebody for the front to be more of just a customer service, like a wow person and handle some of the minor stuff and let the remote person kind of handle like the heavy stuff, but just have like a big screen, have the the person in there and be able to go over the treatment for them. We've really had to think outside the box and in using the technology. I mean, look that's at amazing. Us. Yeah, we can do a lot of our stuff remotely now where we used yeah. to have to be on site with clients all the time. Like yeah. we have the, you know, the capability with some of these metric platforms that we can use and look at their analytics over, you know, on a daily basis and jump on a Zoom meeting if we want to, to go over things. Mm-hmm. And and as a CE speaker, you know, I had to be in person, you know, in order to do anything. Now I can do it from anywhere, right? you know, any time of day, you know, it can be recorded. It cannot be recorded, you know, and it's looking at, I love that idea about looking outside the box because we have to do that. And unfortunately, dentistry is slow to change right, in all aspects, but because of what we're facing in terms of the being short staffed and all of that, we have to look outside the box. We have to be open to whatever technology or other aspects that we need. Patients now are more customer service focused. They have no idea about what kind of dentistry you're doing. You could be a perfect dentist and do absolutely perfectly everything, or you could be a dentist that just throws in decay cavity, you know, filling, restoration, wherever. Patients don't know that. You could have overhangs and they don't know that. You could leave decay and they don't know that. They just know how they're being treated. And that's where the customer service portion comes in. So we need the entire team, administrative and business, to be more clinical, to be more administrative focused and be more customer service focused on what we do. And it's so true. And it's more about like, who's going to answer the phone? And is the and you know, patient, paper, people are impatient. They don't know that the phone's being answered in the office or remotely, as long as the phone's being answered. Like, you know, Michelle right. and- needs treatment planning and they thought of their box and they're going to get someone remote. That's awesome. At least the treatment plan is being presented by somebody, you know, right. versus them waiting or having somebody that's just a new hire that has no idea what's going on. And, you know, it's put in this uncomfortable situation. It's, it's, it's about those things that make a huge difference. Or worse, they, they say like, oh, we'll just email you the treatment yes. plan, which like yes. gives me heart palpitations when you do that. Like you might as well just like <laughs> let that patient walk out the door. So, yeah, I, I was working with a small DSO recently that they wanted training to create training manuals, which is what I do, as well as train the team on a number of different things. So the first thing that we were focused on was their phone skills. So how are they answering the phone? They had a large team at the front, you know, patients coming in, che- going in, checking checking out, but everyone was still expected to answer the phone. And how were they doing that? You know, what were the words that they were saying? You know, do you take my insurance? Nope, click, you know, getting more into the verbiage and the attitude and doing it with a smile, you know, basically, all the way to helping the clinical team understand 
that they need as hygienists and assistants to be doing more documentation and to do better documentation. Yes, your practice management software has great templates in it, but do you completely fill that out and fill it out based off on that particular patient? You know, so we were doing all sorts of training around that and creating the systems that were in the practice for that. Yeah, it cracks me up that <clears throat> these softwares have the capability, like the templates and stuff, and I still see MO, 3MO composite, like, and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you literally have the prompts to put everything in here, and people are still not taking advantage of, of what is there for them. Not and then they get time. right. They don't take the t- time. That's exactly. it. You know, it's going to take me more time to go blah, 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 blah. But it's going to come back and haunt you in one way or the other. Yeah. You know, I've always been taught if it hasn't been documented, it hasn't been done. Exactly. You know, when exactly. I was with the as a working as a software trainer, you know, most of the trainers reports were like this. Mine were like this because I knew the importance of documenting things, you know, what happened, why it happened, did this work, didn't that work, you know, what was going on with the software. And I've had a couple doctors that because they were so good at documenting, like it actually saved them on some board complaints, you know, when patients are complaining about something and they have it documented every everything time they were seen, every conversation that happened with that patient. Like it is so important. It's not just on the clinical team to document. I feel that any person should be able to sit down and look at that and know exactly what is going on with that patient and be able to pick it up instead of saying like, oh, I'm sorry, Sally's not here today. We'll have to have her call you back because she's the only one who knows about this. And one of the things I did years ago, and this kind of goes, again, goes into some of the courses that I give. But my boys, had, who are now adults, had some issues with speech and language and motor issues, and they were involved in early intervention. And as a result of my kids being involved, I was involved as a parent. And they asked for people to review the early intervention team's notes. And they basically said, you need to read them. You may not know what they're doing, but as a hygienist and a healthcare professional, I did have some understanding of what was going on. So read the notes. Do you understand what the diagnosis was, what the treatment was, and what the prognosis was? And if you didn't, then we have to go back to this person and say, you know, you need to adjust your documentation appropriately. So um, I've heard it called called the amnesia rule in dentistry, that, you know, looking at your records, who did it, why they did it, and what you're going to be doing. Now, that goes into the whole method of documentation. But, you know, it CYA, you know, basically, like you said, bring if it's something's brought up against the board, or the insurance companies, insurance companies now are getting more involved, because they know that things are being over-diagnosed, under-diagnosed, or not u- coding not used correctly. So there's so many aspects that documentation is important. And it's not just for the clinical side. It's for the business administrative team as well. How many times did that patient call and say, yeah, my grandmother died 10 times? Or, yeah, we're going to send the check. The check's in the mail. 
or yeah, you can, I'm getting paid on Friday. You can charge my credit card on Friday and nothing ever happens. Yeah, exactly. So I think, wow. And Marie, like this technology thing, like I, I got to keep following you. I got to keep following, you know, everything that's happening because I'm excited, you know, and, and, you know, I work with a lot of like younger practice owners. So this is exciting to them, you know, mm-hmm. for, for them to be putting this stuff in. There's also like the fear of it. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to be, you know, a big change and probably a sizable investment to, <laughs> to put it in. So like, I know that that is there, but the doctors that, you know, are always staying on the cutting edge, like it's very, very exciting to them. Exactly. You know, I get the investment part every month, you know, every month, You've got all of these bills. You know, if you add this technology, add that technology, there have support fees. They have all these different fees and and services that they add on. But you've got to look at it as as how is it going to affect the business? How is it going to help my patients? Yes, it's huge investments in technology. But just like you're treatment planning your patients, you have to treatment plan technology. We know that computers only have a five to eight year life cycle. I've been in practices that they had computers that were 10, 15 years old. And they were saying, why are they crashing? You know, (laughs) why why are we having so many tech problems? Well, because your computer is old. Hello. So you have to treatment plan, just like your treatment planning for your patients. You have to treatment plan for technology. I think that's a really good point that you touched on, because I think that's one of the things I think doctors need to keep in mind is that they want their team to be efficient with the tools provided to them. But if the tools they have in their toolbox is old or not working, it affects the flow and efficiency of the practice. And I think that's exactly. I get a lot of my offices where the team members are voicing to me saying like, my computer keeps crashing or freezing or the new version of the software we have on our computer is not compatible with the windows we have and the scanner doesn't work. I think it's so technology is as great as it's when it's working. And if we can't invest into it, unfortunately, your team is just going to work double, I should say harder to get the work done versus if you just, you know, do the change or as you said, treatment plan, when do I need to change my computers? When do I need to update my server? I mean, I'm not a very tech person, but I've heard enough to know that these things are so, so crucial. Exactly. You know, and a lot of the add-ons to your practice management software, whether that be the AI or patient engagement programs, all of that. When you look at the monthly fee, a lot of offices and practices and doctors look at that monthly fee. Oh, $500. No, I can't do it. You know, it's too much. I'm already paying too much. But when you look on the return on investment of something, that's where it 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 gets it. You know, I've heard depending on this on the technology, you know, one crown gets you back for that month of whatever technology it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exciting. And this is a great time of the year. I think Malika and I in our in our last episode were talking about like, you know, planning a little bit for for next year. Like we're getting towards the end of the year. This is a great time to start looking at that stuff too, to see like what you want to add in 2024. Like to to start to put it in your your budget. When I go over budgets with my clients, I say, okay, this is where we are now. What are you looking to add? 
next year? Is there new technology? Do you have to, is your rent increasing? Is your loan payment increasing? Is, are you adding more technology here so that we can plan for it and we can start producing and collecting what we need to, to make it affordable for you? Exactly. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Like I, Always, Malika and I say it every single episode, like we've learned so much from each other. We've learned so much from you today. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) I'm very excited. And I want, you know, if anybody wants more information from Anne-Marie, like her information will be in the show notes. So you can reach out to her if you are interested in learning more about some of this, or you actually want her to come and like speak for you or anything like that. Very valuable resource. I'm so grateful that you have been in my life for 12 years. <laughs> and <plus> me too. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And we look forward to having you join us for our next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Accelerating Your Dental Practice. To connect with Malika and Michelle, visit ZarDentalConsulting.com and AffinityManagement.co and learn how they can help you accelerate your practice even further.